Hi, and welcome to the Overflow Podcast. I'm Chuck Ammons, teaching pastor at Overflow Church in Brandon, Florida, and we are here to help you receive the Father's love and to release it to everyone you encounter everywhere. Wherever you're listening from today, your God adores you. I pray this message elevates and ignites your faith. On this podcast, you will find biblical messages to activate your faith, as well as our You Asked For It series, where we address your questions about trusting God's goodness as Father and living out His fullness as beloved sons and daughters. To find out more about Overflow Church, visit us at myoverflowchurch.com or on Facebook at Overflow Church Brandon. We'd also love to encourage you to check out our book, Life in the Overflow, and its accompanying devotional at Amazon.com. All right. Well, good morning, Overflow Church. And good morning, Holy Spirit. This is your house. And we welcome you. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We want a holy takeover. Holy Spirit, come. You have come. Keep coming. Revival is here. And revival is now. It is time. We just need to position ourselves to receive it. But God has sovereignly said, revival is here. Revival is now. It is time. So the title of my message this morning is Prayer, the Key to Life in the Overflow. Jesus, he gave us a promise in John 10.10 for all of us that we could experience life in the overflow. That is your heritage. That's what God wants for you. He doesn't want for you just to survive. He doesn't want for you just to make it. He wants you to overflow. He said, he defined his very purpose saying, I have come that you might have life To the full, that word is pleroma, the abundant life, life to the overflow so that you can't contain it. So you receive his love and you release his love because you're being overflowed with his love. And that is God's purpose. That's his design for you. And the key for that to happen is prayer. It doesn't happen without a prayer life. So I want you to pray this with me. Holy Spirit, I want to hear your voice. Remove the noise. Remove the clutter. Holy Spirit, I want to trust your heart. I trust your character. You are good all the time. Holy Spirit, I obey your will because your will is always best. 
You know, it's really that simple. God didn't make it complex. God wants you to hear his voice. To do that, you have to remove the clutter. You have to remove all the other noise. But it's not enough to hear his voice if you don't trust his heart. To do what you're hearing. To trust his character. That he's not good sometimes. Because if I follow God that's only good sometimes, how am I going to know? When I can obey him and know that his will is best. So I have a very simple goal in my message this morning. My desire is to absolutely and completely revolutionize your prayer life. Well, that's not too much, is it? Because in doing that, in, in revolutionizing your prayer life, it will absolutely transform your life. Now, I'm not talking about like this. This is what we want, these quick transformations. But as you revolutionize your prayer life, as you see God, it will transform your life. For that to happen, you need to ask yourself some questions. So I want to begin with three questions. And and, and these questions are a self-assessment concerning what you believe about prayer. Because what you believe about prayer is going to truly indicate what you believe about God. So I, I learn or I listen to people when they pray. Because when I listen to them pray... I get an understanding concerning how they see God. So if you, if you want to know accurately what you truly believe about God, listen to your own prayers. So question number one. How would you rate your prayer life? How would you rate your prayer life? about 10 to 20% of you would say, great, I hear God's voice. I have learned to remove the noise and the clutter. I trust God's heart that he is good. I can trust his character. Therefore, I can obey his will, believing that his will is best and is better than mine. When that is true in your life, you will live life in the overflow. When you have a great prayer life where you hear God's voice, you trust his heart, and you obey his will, it will result in a transformed life, a life in the overflow. Most Christians, including pastors, I meet with pastors throughout the week, most Christians would rate their prayer life as average, poor, or non-existent. And what they're saying is, I have a difficulty recognizing and hearing and discerning God's voice because of all the noise and the clutter. 
I have a difficulty trusting God's heart that God is good. He's good all the time and he's good for me and not just for that person, but he's good for me. And therefore, I have a trust, I have a difficulty trusting or obeying God's will. So, how would you rate your prayer life? If you rate your prayer life as average, poor, or non-existent, my goal is to change that. To revolutionize your view of prayer, which will change and transform your life. Question number two. Do you feel extraordinarily, I mean over the top, blessed and highly favored by the Lord? Do you feel in your heart, I mean this is an assessment, this is a self-assessment for you to be honest with yourself and with God. Do you feel, because God wants you to, this is God's purpose, this is life in the overflow. Now, I'm not saying there aren't times that we struggle. I'm talking about overall. Do you feel extraordinarily blessed where your heart is just full of gratitude and thankfulness to God? And you're always seeing his favor in your life. And, and you'll hear me say this all the time. If you hang around me, you'll hear me say favor, favor. I'm always seeing and experiencing God's favor because I do hear his voice and I trust his heart, and I obey his will. I absolutely believe that God's will is better than mine. So do you feel extraordinarily blessed and highly favored by the Lord in the things that are most important to you? Your family, your friendships, your relationship with the Lord, your health, your finances. I'm talking about overall. I'm not saying there aren't times where we struggle. Everyone struggles. Jesus said we would struggle. But overall, people with a great prayer life do. They do feel extraordinarily blessed and highly favored by the Lord. Because it's not by accident. It's not random. It's intentional. So Pastor Chuck began this message series, Get in the Game, by beginning with a message with the importance of registering, of signing up, of joining the team. So what does it mean to join the overflow team? Well, first of all, you have to join the Jesus team. Amen? And you know, the way you join the Jesus team is to recognize that you need to join the Jesus team. Did you get that? Yeah. That's all. You just need to recognize that you need to join the Jesus team. Now, whatever that looks like for you is what you need to do to join the Jesus team. So to be a part of the overflow team, join the Jesus team, but then join the overflow team. And what does it mean to join the overflow team is what the Arutas just did. It means to join a missional community because we grow best in a family. That's why when we, were when we were born, God intended for us to have a father and a mother and brothers and sisters because we grow best in a family. The, the, the sociology statistics show that, that we grow best when we have a father and a mother and brothers and sisters in a family. We grow best spiritually in a family. 
So no more excuses, right? Join the team and be faithful in Sunday worship. Let it not be just another option that you do on Sunday morning. So you need to register. You need to sign up. You need to say, Jesus, I'm all in. Say, Jesus, I'm all in. Jesus, I am all in. Are you all in? I am all in. Revival is here. I'm ready for it. I've been praying for many years for what we're experiencing right now. And then last Sunday, Pastor Chuck talked about rhythms. These, these daily disciplines that we need to have in our life. See, we're all waiting to win the lottery. Just go to work every day. Let's just do that. It's these daily disciplines because who you are is what you do every day. So these daily disciplines of reading the Bible. So today we're starting Matthew 1. These these daily disciplines of prayer. So my focus today in this message is the daily discipline of prayer. So the key to this message is John 10.10. And you've got to believe this. This is so foundational for me. I believe, I absolutely believe this, that Jesus defined his purpose by saying why he came was to provide us life in the overflow, to provide us this abundant life that's to the full. So Jesus said, I've come that you might have a full and abundant life. If you're not experiencing that, it's not God's fault. Your prayer life is out of order. And my goal is to completely revolutionize your prayer life because if it does, it will transform your life and you'll begin to experience this promise where Jesus came to give you a full and abundant life until it overflows. Another translation says that I've come, my purpose has been to come to give you a rich and satisfying life. Somebody say how. How? Through a prayer life. That's it. It's not, it's not complicated. John 16, 33, Jesus said, take courage. So he's making an implication here. Take courage. I have overcome the world. Therefore, you can too. Somebody say how. how? Through a prayer life. That's how you can overcome the world. Romans 8, 37. Overwhelming victory is yours through Christ Jesus it is yours already, present tense. It is Victory is yours right now. Through Christ who loved us. Not anything we have to do. It's not through performance. It's because he loves us and he wants us to have victory. Another translation says, we are currently now more than conquerors. What does it mean to be more than a conqueror? It means that you are ruling what you've conquered. Are you ruling in your life? So say how? how? Through prayer. It's just through prayer. But it's through effective prayer. There's a lot of praying going on. All right? But there's not a lot of effective praying going on. So James 5.16, the effective, the effective, the effective prayer, not just the prayer. There are a lot of prayers being thrown up to heaven. There's a lot of begging going on. But the effective prayer of a righteous man, woman, or child who has a great 
intentional prayer life is powerful, produces great results, can accomplish much. So the scripture clearly teaches that there are two kinds of prayers. There is effective prayer, prayers that are accomplishing much, that have great result, that have power to change whatever that situation is. And then there are ineffective prayers where there's no power and there's, there's no result. So my third question then is this. And this is a self-assessment for you to really be honest because if you don't, if you don't believe that you need to change, you're never going to change. So my third question is this. Are your prayers effective or non-effective? And be honest. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with God. Do you really believe that your prayers are bringing heaven to earth and things are different? Things are changed because you pray. I have had a very difficult time with prayer meetings. I did not want to go to prayer meetings. Because what I experienced in prayer meetings, and this is even in a missional community, we call them overflow groups, family groups, touch groups, small groups, whatever you want to call them. So we, 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 we take these prayer requests, and then we begin to beg God. Or we begin to throw these prayers up to heaven. Throw up prayers, I call them. These, these quick fix-it God prayers. You know, never once do you ever see Jesus begging. And in this week's scripture reading, when we get to Matthew 6, we're going to see Jesus saying, don't be like religious people who think that their many words is going to move God to action. They're begging God is going to move heaven. And then Jesus said this so simply. Your father knows your needs even before you ask. And he's a good, good father. You can trust his heart. You can trust his character. Jesus said if you ask your father for bread, a good, good father, he's not going to give you stones. If you ask your father for fish, he's not going to give you snakes. You can trust his heart. So God doesn't want us begging him. And he doesn't want us to throw up these, these, these prayers to heaven. So when I came here almost 26 years ago, we had a Wednesday night prayer meeting. And we had an 18 by 11 inch piece of paper that we'd hand everyone that would come to the Wednesday night prayer meeting. And on this piece of paper on both sides was this list of prayer requests. And... Invariably, you know, uh, they would deal with family, the things that are most important to us, marriage or kids uh, or health 
or finances or our ministry. And so we have, we have this prayer list, and then we would start praying. And we would say, God, fix that marriage, and we'd throw it up to heaven and hope it landed. And then we'd say, God, fix my kids, and we'd throw it up. Oh, it was a bad throw. That one definitely didn't make it to heaven. <laughs> and then we say, God, fix my finances. God, give me that job that I really want. Because isn't that what begging is? Isn't begging what you really want? Yes. Come on. So when I graduated from college, my, my major was in economics. And, and uh, my goal in life early on was I just didn't want to be poor. So the opposite of that is rich. But it really was I didn't want to be poor. So I was applying for different jobs, and there was this large bank in Washington, D.C., and I really wanted that job because that job was going to make me rich. It was a management position, and, and it was a prestigious bank. And, and there was another bank in Maryland that I, you know, so, so my is God, give me the rich job, right? And this is BR before Robin. There was a a girlfriend I had, and uh, it, 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 it just wasn't going good, all right? And I'm continually praying, God, fix that relationship. Rather than, Father, you know me. You created me. You know the end from the beginning. You know my purpose. You know my personality. You know my gifts. Father, you know who would best come alongside me and who I would best come alongside, who together, as we become one, fulfilling what you have called us to. Lord, lead me to that person rather than God fix this relationship that I really want. And that young lady just broke my heart over and over and over again because I'm begging God to fix something he wasn't in. You know, we're throwing up these prayers to heaven hoping they land rather than saying, God, I want to hear your voice. I trust your heart and I'm going to obey your will because I believe it's best. See, in my early years, I was a beggar. And I was one who would throw these quick fix prayers up to heaven and I'd be continually disappointed thinking there's something wrong with heaven And so I've really been encouraging the missional communities to allow me to come in so that just once, once a month, just take one missional community a month to dedicate it to prayer rather than take these prayer requests and, and throw these quick fix it up. God, fix their finances. Oh, that was better. <laughs> right? And that what we do, we take these prayer requests and we throw these God, somebody say, fix their health. Rather than saying, Lord, you want us to be healthy. By your stripes, we are healed. What is block? Heaven is flowing health. What is blocking us receiving healing, receiving health? God, you want my marriage to be extraordinarily blessed and highly favored. God, is there unforgiveness? 
Father, what, what are the wounds? Rather than God fix my marriage, fix their marriage. Instead, we need to get to the root because heaven is overflowing. Our Father knows your needs before you ask. We don't need to beg God what he's already said he's done. And that's why you're frustrated with your prayer life. You throw these quick fix prayers. Or you're begging God. And the problem is on the earth side. That there, there are barriers. There are things. There are wrong agreements. There are family strongholds. There's unforgiveness. There's been some involvement in the occult or, or supernatural activity that you had no business in that's blocking the supernatural activity of the Holy Spirit from operating in your life. And the restoration manual will teach you how to pray. It's really a prayer manual. Rather than beg God trying to, trying to add new agreements to old agreements and God just doesn't work that way. Oh God, heal me. Heal me of this depression. God wants to heal you of the depression but the problem is you have old agreements here that are causing you to be depressed that need to be removed so he can release joy and peace into your life. Do you understand that? But the joy and peace is always flowing. He doesn't want you to be depressed. But there are things in your life that are preventing joy and peace from coming in. Remove this, joy and peace will come, depression will go. That is effective praying. And that will absolutely revolutionize your prayer life. When you begin to pray that way, when you truly begin to get to the roots of things, remove them, and then overflow of heaven will just happen. That's all. We don't need to beg God. God is not withholding anything from you. Every good and perfect gift comes from the heavenly Father of lights. He's not withholding anything from you. So if there's something in your life, that there's an area of your life where you're not experiencing extraordinary blessing, favor, don't beg God more. And don't think, well, if I just throw up enough, or if I get enough people throwing up these quick fix prayers, God, let me get 100 people doing it. It's not going to do anything. I've left with more unbelief and doubt from prayer meetings than any other place. (laughs) I'm just being honest with you. So what I eventually did was, and it helps to be the senior pastor, by the way, I said, we're not having Wednesday night prayer meeting anymore because even Jesus isn't showing up. And I said that. I mean, it's hard to believe I'm still here, isn't it? But I did. I would leave the Wednesday night prayer meetings with so much unbelief and doubt. And I didn't know exactly, I didn't know what was missing then. Okay, I was a beggar too, right? I was a quick fixer prayer. But I knew, I knew something was wrong with the way that we were praying. I just didn't know. And I'm a pastor. So I'm, I'm, I was, that's why I don't judge these pastors who, who say I have an average or poor or, or non-existent prayer life. I get it. I was there. But no more. And you don't have to be there anymore either. So I want to encourage you, go through the restoration manual. It'll teach you how to pray effective prayers rather than these throw-up prayers or these beggar prayers that God doesn't want for you. So I want to share with you three steps to effective praying. 
And these are things that I've learned over the years of following Jesus. So this isn't theory. This is, this is reality. This will work. This will, tr- this will truly revolutionize your prayer life and transform your life. So it begins with what I've been saying. Is hear, trust, and obey God's voice. To hear God's voice is to remove all the other noises and be still and know that I am God. Get into a place where you're quiet, where you're still. Remove the noise. Isaiah 1.18 says, Come, let us reason together, says the Lord. Let's talk. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, You have the mind of Christ. You have his thoughts. So what you need to do is remove all the other thoughts. And people say, well, how, how do I do that? I have all these thoughts. How do I know which ones are God's? Well, first of all, you've got to really want his thoughts, his voice. If that's what you want, you know, if truly when you say, Holy Spirit, I want to hear your voice, then just hang around. Just wait. Because his voice will rise to the surface. Why? Because he's God. And he's sovereign. And the other voices will be quiet. But his voice will grow loud. And what will happen is his voice will move into your spirit as a conviction. And then he'll bring godly counselors in your life that will confirm his voice and his will. God wants you to know his will. Because he is a good, good father and his will is always good. So Amos chapter 3, I love this verse. I love this promise. Amos 3 verse 7. The sovereign Lord, listen to this. The sovereign Lord does nothing without first revealing his plan, his good and perfect will to his servants, the prophets. Now, in the Old Testament, there were only a few, but in the New Testament, we're all prophets. Jesus said, my sheep, they hear and they know my voice. So this verse is now talking about all of us, that the Lord, he's not going to do anything without first revealing his plan, his good and perfect will to us so that we can come into agreement with it and we can pull heaven to earth because see, heaven is declaring we just need to come into agreement with it on earth and remove any barriers, right? That's the restoration manual. So if there's areas in your life where you're not having answered prayers, it's because there's a barrier. Stop begging more or more instead saying, Lord, what is in the way of, of heaven being released in my life? I need to remove it. So step number two, pray for his will to be done, not your will. Pray for his will to be done. Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus said, not my will, but your will, O Lord. Not my will. The only people who miss God's will are those that already have one. Because he's a good, good father. And he wants you to know his will. So if you don't know his will, it's not his fault. It's because you've already made a decision. You already wanted this. And so you can't hear this. Matthew 6, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, meaning his will. Seek first God's will above all else and live rightly. 
Live righteously and he will give you everything that you need or everything that you want or everything that is your will. So I, I need a volunteer. I need someone who can catch a tennis ball. Okay, can someone volunteer who can catch a tennis ball? All right. All right, Jaden. Jaden, you right-handed or left-handed? All right, so, uh, so Jaden, I want you to just stand forward and then face, face me, all right? So, so Jaden, in, in my experience, this is, this is the hardest part about prayer, is, is not my will, of dying to myself, because, because Lynn likes to live. Anybody there with me? Yeah. Lynn likes to live. Lynn likes what he likes. Lynn wants what he wants. Okay, so Jaden, this, this ball, this tennis ball represents, so put your left hand behind your back. This tennis ball, Jaden, represents something that you really, really want. This is your will. This is something that you really want, all right? I want you to catch it. You ready, Jaden? All right. Now, do you really want it? Then you better hold on to it a little bit tighter. Hold on to that. Don't be jumping. Don't be fighting. You might, you might lose it. Hold on to that thing, Jaden. Hold, hold out like this. Hold it, right there. Hold it tight because you really want that. Because the things that we really want, we hold on to tightly, don't we? The things that we want, we hold on to tightly. So the, the key to an effective prayer life is hearing God's voice, is trusting God's heart that he's good and what he has for you is good all the time. And then obeying his will, believing that what he wants is better than what you want. That his will is best. Are you holding on to that tight, Jaden? I mean tight. I'm going to see the muscles flex, man. All right. Are you holding on to that tight? That's really what you want, Jaden. You really want that. And letting go is hard. It's hard. But this is what God says is best. This is what he wants for you. Okay? So I want you to catch this. Okay, Jaden? Ready? Not with your left hand, your right hand, because you're right hand, right? All right. All right, you ready? All right. You, this, that's what you want. Hold on tight to it, Jaden. Are you ready? All right. There you go. Well, you got on the bounce. You know, sometimes God will give us to us on the bounce, won't he? That was good. Good, Jaden. So, so Jaden, don't go anywhere. I'm not done with you yet. Keep that in your right hand. So, for Jaden to receive... God's best, what did he have to do? He had to let go. Some of you are holding on to things and you're wondering why God isn't blessing you because you think this is what's going to make you happy. You think this is what's going to give you life in the overflow and you're holding on to it and, you're, and God just keeps on. That's what's good about God. He'll keep throwing it to you because if you hadn't have made that exchange because... I didn't know if you were in drop or not. I had an extra ball here for you. Because isn't that, isn't that a good, good father? He doesn't just quit because you dropped it once. He says, here, let me try it again until you finally understand that my best is better than your best or what you want. Jane, I want you to keep that ball, okay? I want you to put it somewhere that you can see it and say, God, I want your best because your best is always better than my best. Amen. Bless you, Jaden. So letting go of your will is hard, but you have to let go in order to receive God's best.
So the third step in, in really developing this effective prayer life is that when you're not sure of God's will, just wait. Just wait. And be praying toward God's will. God, I'm not going to move until I know that this is what you want. You pray toward it. And then as soon as he drops it in your spirit, he confirms it with godly counsel, then you can begin to move toward God's will. If you want life in the overflow, then you wait for God's will to be known to you. Otherwise, you're going to have a life of disappointment and regret. So when Jesus was asked by the disciples, Jesus, we see something different in your life. And we think, we think it has something to do with your prayer life. You live life in the overflow, Jesus. And you have effective prayers. We see results when you pray. So we want you to teach us how to pray. So, of course, he begins with what's most important, Father. Intimacy. Friendship with God is our greatest privilege and priority. But then he says this. This is how you should pray. Father, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is being declared in heaven. That's the Amos 3.7, that God doesn't do anything until he first reveals it to his prophets, until he reveals his plans and his will. So prayer is really simply hearing God's voice. God, what are you declaring in heaven? What is your kingdom saying in heaven? What have you already said is so? Where the Bible says, I am a new creation. All the old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. Heaven has already declared that. It's up to us to make that a reality on earth. That's the working out our salvation. But in in heaven, it's already done. You are a new creation and all things are new. It's for us to make that real. So I want you to stand with me. I want you to close your eyes. I just want to read something to you. And listen. Listen to the Holy Spirit. You can learn a lot about how you perceive God by how you pray to God. I want to encourage you to begin to listen to yourself when you pray. Listen to the words that you say to God. Are you begging a God who has already provided all of your needs according to his riches and glory? all of your needs for every area of your life, not just your financial needs. I know we apply it mostly to that, but it's not. For your marriage needs, your kids' needs, for your health needs, for your ministry needs, for everything. He's already provided it. So listen to your prayers. Are are you a beggar? 
then you don't trust God's heart, that it's good. You don't trust his character. You're thinking somehow your begging is going to release God, God's blessing. So what you believe about God will determine how you pray to God. If you have a high view of God's character, you will hear, trust, and obey God's voice. If you have a low view of God, you will beg and throw up prayers toward heaven only to be continually disappointed over and over again. So Jesus is looking for authentic prayer. So if you don't know what to pray, it's better not to pray. Just be quiet. Just listen. So often when I'm asked to pray, I'll, you'll hear me pause because I don't want to throw up a prayer to heaven. And I don't want to beg. So I'll pause. I'll just say, heaven, what are you declaring? What are you saying about this person, this situation? What do I need to come into agreement with? Do you know what's amazing about that is I have absolutely faith in my prayers when I know this is what heaven wants. Otherwise, I have to have faith in my faith. So we're getting ready to go on a journey together through the Word of God, to beginning these rhythms, these daily disciplines. When I don't know what to pray, I will pray scriptures. So you'll hear me begin to pray scriptures because I know that scriptures are always God's will. So as you're beginning today to read through Matthew 1, see a promise in these scriptures begin to claim that promise for yourself begin to pray the scriptures if there are areas in your life where you're not experiencing extraordinary blessing and you don't feel highly favored then go on our website myoverflowchurch.com print out the restoration manual Begin to remove the barriers that are keeping God's overflow blessings from coming into your life. Wherever the enemy 
has placed spiritual earmuffs over people's spiritual ears to keep them from hearing your voice, I remove them now in Jesus' name. Father, wherever the enemy has placed doubts about your character and your goodness, I remove them in Jesus' name. Father, wherever the enemy has convinced people that they know better than God, that their will is better than God's will, Lord, I come against that lie in Jesus' name. The accuser, the enemy is the accuser of God first, that you can't trust him. Just like he accused the Father with Adam and Eve from the very beginning, he, he accused God's character. God's heart, God's will, that his will was best for Adam and Eve. He hasn't changed his tactics. They're the same. So, Father, I release an anointing of prayer. A transformation 